All right. Uh, the good news is I'm going to be short. Well, I'm always short, but I'll be, uh, I'll be brief <laughs> today in the message. Um, today's a special day for us. We've witnessed the confirmation of three of our young people, and we've seen the fruit of their parents' households and this congregation. And it's also a blessing that we can both experience and witness that the faith is being, the faith that has once for all been delivered to the saints is being passed from generation to generation. Our faith is a communal faith. It's not individual in the sense that many make it today. We kind of have this idea about it being me and Jesus. It's really Jesus and us. Um, of course, we do believe and we do confess the Lord for ourselves as an individual. But we are not alone. As believers, we are members of Christ and we are members one of another. Human beings are relational by nature. God made us to be that way. And he made us so that we would require others in order to survive and mature. I talk about development and discipleship at the university. Uh, this feels a little odd for me. I've been sitting for the sermons for a year, <laughs> reading it off a screen, and you're actually here. So uh, I'm enjoying this, but I'll keep it brief. Uh, in the development discipleship class, I said, you know, if you think about it, there are plants that basically can be born and grow and die totally independent of everyone else. We call them weeds, but, but there are plants that do that, right? And there are animals that are wild animals and they grow up in the wild and their, their offspring system that is designed really makes them not require parents or anything once they're born. We're not that way. We require relationship in order to mature, in order to survive physically, in order to develop mentally, socially, and spiritually. It requires a relational network. And that relational network is the home and the congregation. Now, we live in a culture and at a time when rugged individualism has turned to radical individualism. And this is going to be doing damage to people. We're already seeing it. Just the isolation of the last year, we're seeing serious responses. We are getting foolishness instead of wisdom. And selfishness instead of unity. The home is the place where children are born into. They are formed and they are shaped into adults. It is the congregation where the adults are formed together to grow into maturity in the Lord. And that's something that I think doesn't happen in a lot of congregations. I remember markedly being aware of people who had been... Uh, young adults, when I was a kid, or a teenager, seeing them in, in the church. And then I'd go back to that church 20 years later, and they were sitting there, and they were clearly older. But there had been no development whatsoever. They knew the same verses. They sang the same songs. There was no spiritual growth. That's not what we're supposed to gather for. We're supposed to gather to stimulate one another, one another under love and good works. And we're supposed to grow into maturity. So, I want you to 
listen to a text. We looked at it earlier. Ephesians 4, 11 to 24. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service or ministry, to the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all attain a unity of the faith at the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. We've got some growing to do. As a result, he says, we're no longer children tossed here and there by waves and carried around by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But we speak the truth in love and we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fit and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So he says, I I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer as Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened by... Uh, in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not so learn Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus. That in reference to the former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, being created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Paul wants us to grow up, to not be children. Now, in some sense, we'll always be children in this life. The scripture is pretty clear that the adoption as sons, and what that really means is our confirmation or our bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah into adulthood, will take place at the resurrection. Now we are the children of God. It does not appear what we shall be, but we know that when we see him, we will be like him. So in the resurrection, we will be at full maturity. But we're supposed to be growing up now. And that growing up is a context in all the scripture of going from childhood to adulthood to the mature man. Now, I'm editing as I go. So, Paul makes it clear in the Corinthian letter that we all have differing gifts and we're all a different part of the body. And that body needs to gather. Now, we don't need to gather in order to worship. We can do that. We can... Do it with the Zoom stuff. And we can sing the songs. And we can do some of that. And we can make it somewhat participatory. And I think we do it more than many congregations. But there's something that we have to gather about. And I don't just mean in the sanctuary. I mean in our life-to-life connecting to one another. And that is this. We all have the same spirit represented by the oil. Right? We all have the same spirit from God. We all have the word of God. But we all have differing gifts. We have different aspects of what we do for each other. And you guys have given testimony of that this morning. 
And that's the part of the body that's not showing in general. Because it's easy to organize songs and worship and readings. It's easy to do liturgy. It's hard to do life with other people. Particularly with some people. And you know who you are. <laughs> I know who I are, right? The reality is that, that what we've caught a glimpse of at the Disciple Center is something that we need to pass on to our children, but we also need to spread it beyond us. And that is this being brothers and sisters in the Lord, being immediate family of God, and realizing that we are gifted differently. I loved when Randy added electricians to the list. Because I was thinking of that. I always think of that with the things that Bill Maddox has done in helping me in things. Uh, I'm not all that mechanically inclined. My caring has helped me over the years so many times I can't even count it. The issue is we all have different natural abilities, spiritual gifts that we're supposed to be exercising. And you can't exercise that by yourself. Just like you can't do the commandments by yourself. They require another person. Every part of ministry involves other people in a relational network. And that means you've got to be able to trust them. That means you've got to love them, which is self-sacrificing for their good. And that means we have to be patient with one another and we have to be kind with one another, not seeking our own and not, oh, that sounds like Paul, right? 1 Corinthians 13. Because if we have these gifts and we have these abilities, but we don't have love, we have nothing. So, I'm hoping that we will encourage and allow these young people who have just joined us to exercise their own abilities to grow in their giftedness, to practice that giftedness among us, and that we will do it as well so that the whole body will work. If I came today and I didn't have one of my arms with me, I could do stuff, but not as well, right? We need all the body functioning together. Now, the body of Christ doesn't all gather at one place at one time. But where the parts are joined, where we have opportunity, we're supposed to be engaged in the give and take of ministering to one another. When we worship, we minister to the Lord. But when we minister to one another, exercising our gifts, sharing what we have with each other, we are building up the body in unity and in love. And that's what God wants us to do. And I'm hoping that as we finally have the opportunity to regather, okay, and I know some of you are still not fully uh, thrilled because you're still not hugging, all right? Some of us can wait a little longer on that, you know. Uh, but, you know, some of you can. I get that. But the reality is we do need each other. We need the interaction in our homes, in our workplaces, in everywhere we are. That is really the sign of discipleship. Not how much we worship, not how much scripture we memorize. Those are all good things. But the sign that we are his disciples is that we have love, one, for another. And that's done in ministry. 
And that's going to be done uniquely by each one of you in the very gifts that God has given you. You don't have to be somebody different. You have to find out what God has given you and use it for the common good. And when you do that, you are the body of Christ. Let's pray.